Hello and welcome people to the AI Writers Club. I'm here with Brittany. I'm John, your host. And this episode, we are tackling none other than one of the most beloved family movies of all time. Your favorite and mine, The, the Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. So, <laughs> to preface, we have tried to do this episode a couple of times. But it has been hard to frame for a couple of interesting reasons that we need to get into before we start. So, at first, we had the idea of what if they all, you know, just kept going with the movie. That was the idea, is that the movie would go on. It would be kind of like a pseudo-sequel. We tried it. And it really struggled to do anything <laughs> that was really all that great. We tried to add scenes to the original, as in, mm -hmm. you know, like it was a deleted scene that was put back in. Again, kind of didn't work. Kind of didn't work. It tried to add unnecessary characters, didn't really say anything interesting. So, we're going to frame this as it being a mockbuster. For all of you in the unawares, mockbusters are basically a quick sellout version of a very big hit film to make a quick, tidy profit. And you can see them in dollar stores way earlier in the 2000s. Right. I think they're still around today, but it's much less common than it was, so... With all that explanation out of the way, please enjoy the Breakfast Club Mockbuster episode. We've asked ChatGPT, which is our standard kind of AI we use. We'll tell you if we ever kind of change. We had to ask it for a Mockbuster during our kind of development of this episode. Didn't really do good with that in my personal testing. So we are now asking it for a direct sequel to The Breakfast Club, and it gave us the Lunch Bunch. I do kind of like the little rhyming scheme and all that. I think that's kind of neat. We're going to give you guys its logline synopsis, a list of characters. I think it gave us a short little summary of some of the things that go on, and then its themes. Honestly, I'm pretty excited about this, so logline. In this sequel to the iconic Breakfast Club, a diverse group of high school students find themselves serving Saturday detention once again, but this time during lunch. As they navigate the challenges of their shared punishment, they discover new layers of themselves, confront societal expectations, and form unexpected connections that transcend the lunchroom. Okay, so... <laughs> I like I it so far. I do like the themes a lot here. So, one thing I'm definitely noticing, the original kind of had kids that kind of bonded through their shared problems and all that while being punished. Right. It seems like it's trying to get a little further away from that as they're kind of learning about themselves just as much as each other. And I kind of like that they kind of do bond 
just like in the original. I think that that's something, even though I do know, I feel like all the kids in Breakfast Club kind of grew up for that reason. You do feel that they could have learned a little more about themselves, in my personal opinion. I think it is important to note, before we continue on with this whole entire thing and go to the synopsis, that we are not trying to do better than The Breakfast Club. It's not going to happen. Not possible. It really, it's not like The Breakfast Club is the best movie of all time, but this is AI and we're a couple of amateur story writing. I feel like we've done a little better than amateur in story writing and storytelling, mm-hmm. or at least decent storytellers, but to have such seriously good characters and all that is ridiculously difficult. And we're trying to see how good we can make the AI work. That's actually kind of the reason that we're making these mockbusters. We actually tried deleted scenes, like, you know, for the original Breakfast Club made by AI. That didn't work. We tried actual direct sequels with, like, the same characters. That really didn't work. They tried to add some character named Molly. And for some reason, it decided it was going to be Molly Ringwald, like, even though Molly Ringwald's in the movie. Right. It it was a mess. I wish I still had the audio for that. I'd probably, like, cut it in here to show you what I'm talking about. But it just, everything was so bland otherwise that it just didn't really feel worth it. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're kind of doing this just because Mockbusters feel like the closest we're going to get to actually doing anything good here. Mm-hmm. Passing it over to you mm-hmm. for the synopsis. Synopsis. The Launch Bunch brings together a group of students from different backgrounds, each with their unique struggles and aspirations. The detention takes place in the school cafeteria where they are assigned a various or to various tasks like cleaning tables, organizing lunch trays, and other lunchtime chores. Okay. So I do like I always did like the idea of well, this is going to be a weird one. So there is a Minecraft book called The Shipwreck. I think I know what you're talking about. And I don't know if I own it or whether I don't. I think I do. Right. But in that, they're cleaning a rec center. Like three kids that play Minecraft and they kind of bond over it during their uh, kind of cleaning of the rec center after they get into some trouble. And I, I do like that dynamic that they're forced to kind of work together, even though they're very disparate in real life. I First of all, I suggest you read that book. I think especially you would like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Not just because it's got like the Minecraft thing going for it, but I also think it's just very 80s in spirit. Right. So, as for this synopsis, not only is it better that they're kind of getting kids something to do during detention. Right. Like, no one likes that detention while you're just sitting I know, it feels like hours. But I feel like making kids do something 
to improve something or something like that. It, it always builds character. I think that's a little better way to do it than to just sit them down. What, what are they going to do? They're going to doodle on a page and, and or do something that's going to spend their time doing completely nothing and learning nothing. But now I feel like I'm just harping on the education system yeah. in the real world, so that's kind of not the point of what we're talking about. What, what do you think? I feel like this is a solid synopsis. I love it. Especially because this feels like a modernization, and it even does actually say like that this is a like few the, years later. Like you are like the part about them having to having clean, up, clean something up something instead of like sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. I think there is nothing worse than being told you have to waste the time. Right. Like, it's, it's something if you already have to go to detention, okay? Don't, don't make me sit there. Right. At least don't waste my time. At least give me something to do. Alright, so we're down to characters. The first thing to immediately get out of the way, all five of these characters do not have genders attached to them, and so we've decided that we'll kind of assign each one on, like, what we think they should be or would be. Alex. He is the overachiever who faces immense pressure from their parents to succeed academically. Now, we picked male for this one. And you take it away for clothing. Glasses and tuxedo. Ooh, so he's he's kind of an overdressy boy. Yes. <laughs> the overachiever, I do like the overachiever wearing like tuxedo-ish clothing and nicer things. <laughs> Maybe on, like, nicer days he can actually wear the blazer or whatever, or mm. the tailcoat or whatever he does. I think on normal days he might just wear, you know, button-up and vest. Yes. Yeah, I kind of love that. I feel like we should also give each of these people some kind of, like, interest. Mm -hmm. And since he's an overachiever, how about we give him a violin? Awesome. So, violinist Alex, the overachieving, tuxedo-wearing male. So, this next one is mm -hmm. Jordan, which we have decided is non-binary. They are a rebellious artist grappling with the expectations of conforming to societal norms. Now, this is <laughs> a lot like my buddy in real life, Jordan. Like, it is weird. How close this is. <laughs> like, if you looked up what this one was in the dictionary, it would just be a picture of Jordan's face. With that in mind, this one is going to wear a lot of heavy metal rock t-shirts. And they are going to be into metal. Kind of ripped jeans. But that's pretty much all the normal. I also think it would be kind of cool... If they wear those sharp toe dress shoes. Oh, that would be cool. With the slight heel. Right. So I think that's what they should be like. Three is Riley. And do we want Riley to be a boy or a girl? Because that can be a boy or a girl's name. I think Riley will be our first female. 
We're not going to be specific about what Jordan was as far as, like, what they were born with or whatever. We're just going to leave that up to you guys. So you got a male, a non-binary, and now we are going on to Riley being a female. And I think she should be a football player. Ooh. An athlete dealing with the pressures of maintaining a perfect image while hiding personal insecurity. And, like, I think that it would be cool if, like, we made it where uh, she's a football player, but what she's dealing with or whatever on the whole, like, uh, personal insecurity part is being the first female girl on the team. Oh, totally. I also think, I mean, since... We gave Jordan the whole heavy metal vibe and Alex the violin. I mean, I think football is the thing that she's going to be into. So give her like the jockey kind of clothing. So I feel like this one is the first one who in a day-to-day world might wear like a fan jersey of their favorite football team (laughs) and basketball shorts maybe. But they can wear jeans also because, I mean, not every sports fan dresses up to be right. super athletic. Then again, considering this is a breakfast club thing, I think we would have to put them in athletic clothing still. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe during the movie, after Riley gets out of this detention... The actual thing would be that they're, that she's going to some kind of sporting event afterwards or something. But by the end, maybe she has gotten along with the group enough to where they all want to go out and hang out after this. Number four, Aiden. Aiden. So the class clown who uses humor to mask deeper issues at home. I don't really have nothing for this one, so this one's you. In the spirit of Pomni... I'm going to say this is another female. All right. Number four is Aiden. She is the class clown who uses humor to mask deeper issues at home. Going to match the whole Pomni vibe. If you guys have ever seen The Amazing Digital Circus. Um, I don't think I have. Which, we'll have to watch it later. Uh, do you know Glitch, like the ones we were talking about the other day? Mm-hmm. That's their newest show. Mm-hmm. Or at least one. Yeah, we'll watch it later. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Anyways, what's she going to look like? So, I think this is going to be a theater kid that likes to pull pranks on people. Cool. <laughs> Therefore, she will wear kind of those word shirts you see that say funny things. Kind of like this one. It's a bit of scratch. <laughs> it's a little Monty Python shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> But they'll have, like, shut the shell up with a turtle on there. You know, stuff like that. (laughs) Other than that, it'll just be the, you know, blue jean sneakers that you see on every (laughs) teenager from, like, when I was younger. Because that seems to be all that anybody wore in our school. I know, right? (laughs) I swear, there is, like, not a lot in terms of what you'd see out there. (laughs) It was weird. Was it weird? really i mean it's just what teenagers wear that's true i guess but i feel like it's almost weird we didn't have a weird one you know what i mean 
Or at least an unusual. I, I can't say the word weird. I don't know. There was this one kid that wore their shoes that had looked like feet. Oh, God. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> Jeez, maybe we did have one. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> I kind of wish I don't remember that now. <laughs> I guess Aiden, since they're, she's kind of a prankster. Yeah. We're going to give her kind of various gag items, we'll cool. say. <laughs> you know, the old Groucho glasses Why? with the little nose and the mustache. <laughs> Fake shit. Ooh, what about the glasses where the eyes go like this and they have a spring? Yeah, the little spring-loaded glasses. That's <laughs> cool. You know, just it, the fake throw-ups and all that. <laughs> if you just think of a prank item, probably has it. Especially, <laughs> I do want Aiden to one of them when they're meeting. I want her to use a joy buzzer right. on the palm. Shake their hand. Because <laughs> I, I don't know why. Maybe I'm a sick person. But I think that's funny. Number five. Eva. I feel like we need another dude here. I think it'd be cool. I think it would be pretty funny. But I think they should have glasses too. Yeah. I mean, I'd hate to be the stereotype, but this is the 80s. And it does say that Eva is an introverted bookworm struggling with self-acceptance and the fear of being judged. Damn, that sounds very targeted. That feels (laughs) very... targeted! Ouch. That's how I was. First of all, shut up, chat. (laughs) Because I was that way. By the way, we are both avid readers, and I literally have most American classics in my library of physical books. Funny part is we both wear glasses, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, I think we kind of already gave Alex too much of the normal nerdy stuff. Like the violin and other stuff. So we are going to say (gasps) maybe they could wear a cardigan. No, not only wearing a cardigan. What do we wear underneath it though? Like, are we? Because I feel like if they're doing cardigan, we need to do kind of a halter top. How about that? That would be cool. Nice little halter top underneath. Let me see. I want to make sure that is what I think it is. Like, maybe one, like... Like... Like, one of these. Yes, like yeah. That's Just you a nice, the right thing. A knit halter top... That would be cute. ...underneath a cardigan. Oh, with some of those, like, uh, bell bottoms. Yeah, with bell bottoms. I like bell bottoms. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And since Eva is actually a, a dude that enjoys books... Let's think of what kind of books he would like. Hmm. I feel like romance novels would be one of them. I would say uh, Clive Cussler, but I don't know if he was back then. Well, you gotta realize this is a sequel. It could be very Plus, much... Plus, I don't think he has any romance, so... Ooh, hmm. so you think... Ooh, I kind of do like that, though. <laughs> You could that say that he, like. he likes, like, mystery, thriller, and romance. Oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> I, I really like the way Eva's design is. <laughs> so, Me too. 
those are the characters we will all fall in love with during the lunch bunch. I think that's a really cool, solid set of characters, <laughs> to be honest with you. Most of them are girls. Well, I don't know. There's half guy, half girl. Well. Except for the one. The one's non-binary. Yeah. And that is up to you guys what they were originally. Just for the sake of there being a bit of mystery and a bit of 50-50 exactly. Right. <laughs> I like the character, so I Plus, like... Plus, I want this to be much more, how can I say, all-inclusive. I like what we did with the characters. So, with that mm -hmm. being talked about, we've got a bit of plot to share with you now. As the detention progresses... The students initially clash due to their differences, but soon discover their common grounds. They share personal stories, confront stereotypes, and challenge each other to break free from societal expectations. The cafeteria becomes a microcosm of the real world, with the students learning to navigate the complexities of identity, friendship, and understanding. Okay. Alright. <laughs> I like so, it. This feels a lot like more diversification in which we're obviously trying to go for. Because this, I'm going to be serious, is a modernization of the Breakfast Club. Right. I kind of almost want it to be like the sequel to Hocus Pocus where it was several, several, several years later when this was made. Right. Even though this isn't a sequel... I think it's cool to have a spiritual successor-style movie. Right, I agree. So, now we are going to talk about the themes. I'm going to move it on over to Britsy, and let's get that going. The Lunch Bunch explores themes of self-discovery, breaking stereotypes, and the power of unity. The characters' journeys resonate with the challenges faced by today's youth making the sequel a relevant and compelling addition to the coming-of-age genre. Okay. Very I much love it. what I was hoping to achieve with this mockbuster. I love it. <laughs> so, first of all, let's give our movie a quick rating 1 through 10. I think this is a ten. solid... I don't think it's a 10. I think it's a 10. I think this has to be classifiable as a 7. I vote 10 for me, because I like well, it. Well, because mentally I put Breakfast Club at 10. Oh yeah, never mind. You know what I mean? I changed like, my mind. 7 this, for me too. Keep in mind, this is... 7 for me too. Yeah, this is a mockbuster, meaning <laughs> it does have low production value. Yeah, I changed mine to 7, because I think that Breakfast Club will go over it. I think that... The characters seem like they could become strong enough and all that. Right. But mockbusters kind of do have a glass ceiling that they have to hit. Because they're made to be cheap, budgeted movies. But again, I, I do like this a lot. Right. So we're going to move on over to doing the sports version. In which we hope to do something, like I said, we're going to try to get ourselves... Kind of a league of their own, or Ladybug, or Bad News Bears. Right, you know, I know what you're saying. Those kind of sports movies. We're going to try to get one of those out of this as well. Because, mm -hmm. I don't know, Breakfast Club X Sports sounds good to me. Right. Alright, we're back, and we have ourselves 
the new sequel to The Breakfast Club. This one is going to be a sequel. It's a sports one. So we asked it, could you write us a sports movie using the kids from The Breakfast Club? Now, just getting my eyes over this, there is a few rewrites we're already going to have to do with this. Due to its extreme similarity to the kids' first encounter as the Breakfast Club kids. With that, this is called Rebels of the Field. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I love that. I do love that. It does kind of take the naming convention out. But since this is a sequel, I do think we are going to want to change something. Rebels of the Field, Return of the Breakfast Club should be its full title, or at least Return of the Breakfast Club should be a subtitle. I would, I'd love that. Because if it's just called Rebels of the Field, even if it has the kids there, it does need to be talked about as a sequel. Right. With all that said, let's get into the logline. In the small town of Shermer, five high school misfits from different social cliques, the jock, the nerd, the princess, the rebel, and the basket case, come together on the unlikely stage of the soccer field. As they navigate their differences and confront societal expectation, they discover the true meaning of teamwork, friendship, and self-discovery. I'm already loving it. So, honestly, I think there's a couple things I got wrong with this. So, the big one here in the log line mm-hmm. is the values they learn. I do think that the first movie did too much with friendship and self-discovery. Right. Well, maybe not self-discovery as much, but th- let's just say... For the sequel, they are friends. I mean, once you've had a life-changing experience like The Breakfast Club did, you're you're friends. It's implied. Right. So we're going to at least drop the friendship thing. Maybe a bit of self-discovery is fine, but I do feel like teamwork is the real thing to focus on here. Because now that they're friends, they got to work as a unit. Right. And I think that'll push the movie forward and make it different from its original enough. The good thing is we don't really have to talk about kind of how the people would play off each other. We already all know what that's like. Right. Well, unless you haven't seen the movie, in which that case, stop this and go Yeah, first of all, get yourself right. It is the best movie for a high school movie. Never going to get something better. (laughs) Molly Ringwald is an icon in every movie she's in you need to watch. (laughs) I I can't think of any bad ones, but I'm I'm sure she had to have done something subpar at some point. It seems like every Every actor actor and actress does do it at once. So let's turn it over to Britsy for the synopsis. Shermer High School, known for its strict social hierarchy, witnesses an unexpected turn of events when detention brings together five students who couldn't be more different. John Bender, the rebel, Claire Standish, the princess, Andrew Clark, the jock, Brian Johnson, the nerd, and Allison Reynolds, the basket case. 
find themselves serving detention on a Saturday under the watchful eye of Principal Vernon. All right. So I think you immediately might see what I was talking about with my problem with this. Oh, there was a little bit more too. Oh, I know. But oh well. But, but yeah, I know. What this you're is saying. the next thing, but so I already the synopsis see the problem. I think. Is basically repeating the first I was movie. Say, yeah, I already see that. So problem. here is what I think should really be going on. I think we need to come up with kind of a different, like, Idea. social gathering reason for them to right. be together after school. I know, like, say maybe they decided they wanted to be friends and decided they wanted to hang out. Okay, how about, I feel like I do want them to unite under a common school thing. How about they're all on the same team? Ooh, how about yeah. they're going to a football game? Oh, or I like that. Something like that. They're going to like an event for school. Yeah. So, dance, football game. And they're running into each other. Because, I mean, hey, the school's only so big. You're going to run into somebody. Yeah, that makes sense. So, let's do... How about we do a dance? Mm -hmm. The reason I say so is because, obviously, there's a couple of people that are a little more antisocial. Right. I'm mostly talking about Allison. She's... Like I used to be. Like, she's a basket case. It, it says it right there. That's what she That's was. Closer. She's like I used to be. I, I feel like there was a couple characters here that wouldn't go to a football game. Right. So maybe that wouldn't be the right thing either. This, this is kind of a fun, like, little writing type session. This is what... An episode might sound like every now and then because I know I it is a little more difficult to kind of come up with this one. <laughs> I always end up loving these little like yeah. I do things. love doing AI rewrites and other stuff because I do think it's a lot of fun. So how about we land on dance? Uh, I like we'll it. say Brian asked Allison to go with him as friends. And the rest of them were just going to go anyways. Right. So they all decide to just kind of get together again. Mm -hmm. And during the course of this dance, they go out into the hall to maybe talk. And one of them inadvertently just goes into a closet and opens up to find a bunch of abandoned soccer gear. I like it. And from there, they all decide, like, hey, let's play soccer in the hall. This does mean we are rewriting the next paragraph a little already. So we're going to kind of tell you what it originally said here in a minute. But after that... You can decide which one you like better. You can decide which one you like better. The AI or us. As they're playing in the hall, a teacher comes out. And when Brian kicks it, because I do think either Brian or John, maybe John... John's John's rebellious. Mm -hmm. Let's let's give it to John. He kicks the ball and trips over the teacher, getting them another big punishment. Right. But their punishment 
is to join the team. <laughs> that would be cool. Because of um, the way the teacher saw them playing soccer and how good they were at passing it to each other, she thinks they might learn something about teamwork and respect. Right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right. So, let's flip it over to me for this next one. So, during their time in detention, this is what the AI wrote. During their time in detention, they stumble upon a forgotten soccer equipment. That's kind of why we had to rewrite it, by the way. The group decides to form an unlikely soccer team to compete in the upcoming high school championship. Their journey is filled with hilarious missteps, personal revelation, and unexpected friendships as they navigate the challenge of training rival teams and the expectations of their peers. You can probably see why we wanted to rewrite this immediately. Because it does continue the concept of detention. And like we said, they're already friends. Right. So over half of this part just doesn't really work. Work because of what we already said. So what we set up would have been knocked down by this. Though, again, I'm just not too crazy about just repeating the first film hash for hash. Right. It's basically like just repeating it, but like with the sports movie. Yeah. The only way I could really feel like they could repeat exactly what they did is if they serve multiple detentions, but they're trying to keep Mm -hmm. out of detention and trying to keep each other out of trouble. For the soccer team. For the soccer team. But I feel like that might be... Something else to explore another time or something. Right. Like if there was a sequel to this where they had played for a couple of years, maybe then do a sequel to this movie. <laughs> okay. So next up. As the team faces adversity, they realize that their differences are what makes them strong. John's rebellious spirit, Claire's leadership skills, Andrew's athletic Prowess, Brian's strategic mind, and Allison's unorthodox tactics all contribute to their unique playing styles. Along the way, they break down the barriers that society has placed on them, challenging the stereotypes and learning learning to appreciate each other for who they truly are. I messed up on that one part, sorry. That's more than fine. I mean, we're not, like... Super big radio personalities, you know. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna screw it up. So I like that a lot. I do think that the fact that it's trying its best to keep to them. I, I do say, feel. I like that they didn't like rip apart the characters. Yeah, I do feel like each of them literally could have a lot of different things. So I feel like if we break it down, right. I feel like John's rebellious spirit. With that, I feel like he could be kind of the real aggressive one on the field. Claire could come up with some plays. Andrew's kind of the star of the show. You know, he would be basically somewhat like, you know, how the quarterback would be in football. I feel like the one that they call the basket case would be the one, like, would... They'd be the defender she, yeah, or say they'd a be like goalie. Really fast, or they'd be really good at goalie, and you wouldn't expect it. Yeah, 
because they're so quiet. <laughs> then Brian could kind of like strategize. Oh no. I feel like maybe Claire isn't the one. Maybe Brian's the one who come up with some ideas for how to play. And mm-hmm. Claire kind of helps coach the team along. Right. You know, they Claire's the one that kind of Calls pumps the, shots, the team basically. up, gets them waters and Oh, so like the water boy? Not not the water boy, but you know, like <laughs> she takes care of the team. Right. I feel I like what that's saying. what a leader does. Because you, you can't say they're the coach because they're, they're right. the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, they still have to be kids. <laughs> right. I don't even think there is a coach. Right. That's been named here, but that's what I think. I like it. I so think I do, it would be a good movie. I do think their personalities could easily be adapted to the field <laughs> very easily. Just snap in. Like and I'm, go for the ride. I'm literally not into sports, but I would watch this. Oh, I love sports comedies and high school say, sports movies. I don't movies. really like, like sports in real life, but like the sports comedies on like movies and stuff I love. Yeah. Which one of my favorites is Bad News Bears. I've I've referenced mm-hmm. it multiple times throughout the episode and in our talks leading up right. to this episode. <laughs> Rebels of the Field is a heartwarming sports comedy that transcends typical high school stereotypes. It celebrates the power of unity, acceptance, and self-discovery, providing that sometimes the most unexpected alliances can lead to victory both on and off the field. So see, one problem I have with that already is the whole friendship, self-discovering, acceptance thing. Well... Like, I feel like they're going a little too hard at it with this. Well, again, that doesn't really work. Especially the unexpected alliances thing. We we expect that. This is a sequel. But again, it is trying to rewrite the first movie really badly. So I feel like if we could give this thing a score for how the AI performed. I'd give it a 7. I would give it a 3 for how much it tried to just take from the original. Yeah, that's true. But I like our rewrite a lot. I would give our rewrite like an 8 or something. I I think we did a good job at this one. But please, tell us what you think about these two movies that we have come up with to mock bust and sequelize The Breakfast Club. (laughs) Thanks for coming to the AI Writers Club. My name's been John. My name's been Britt. And we are only the second best club in this episode.